Okay, so yesterday's episode was a bit of a downer because the Devils did take a couple steps back in their overall style of play. But at the same time, let's focus more on the Utica comments because this is an episode that I haven't really done throughout the entirety of the season. So let's make this episode locked on comments because there's a lot of potential for the Utica comments organization and could definitely help us get off to the right start come next year. We have a lot to discuss in this episode. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chaki, play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So I pretty much have recovered in terms of watching the New Jersey Devils take a couple steps backwards in last night's matchup versus the Buffalo Sabres. Something that I forgot to mention in the previous episode is that the Devils, in addition to having poor power play execution and sloppy goaltending, is that their second period was also a factor as to why they lost. This has been the norm for them all season. Bad goaltending, inconsistent power play, and a second period collapse that they can never recover from. It seems like, you know, there's a a lot of other factors that go into a Devils loss, but those are some of the things that I highlight in my game recaps when I'm talking about what went wrong for New Jersey Devils. So, Uh, Like I said, bad goaltending, inconsistent power play, and the second period collapse. Or more recently, as the season has started to wind down, I've been seeing them collapse in the third period. And the Devils just can't seem to recover from, you know, having those bad second or third periods. So, but like I said, uh, that was then. And let's talk about the future quite literally. In some of my more recent episodes, I talked about the recent success that the Utica Comets have been having as of late. Attempting to make a deep playoff run and win the championship and take home the Calder Cup. Well, obviously, I'm not the only one that's looking forward to the possible success that the Devils could be facing coming next year given the talent in Utica all about the jersey.com recently released an article in regards to the bright future that the devils might have given Utica success so they started off by saying in the article the Utica comments began the season going 13-0-0-0 and set a new AHL record in the process while the team cooled off a bit after the start to the point where they weren't even owning the best record in the league anymore Utica has still managed a highly successful campaign with the team clinching the first division title for an affiliate since the 1990s with a record as of this writing 41-19-8-1 with 91 points and a 659 win percentage calling Utica's season a success especially when compared to New Jersey might be a bit of an understatement the good news is that this success happening in the AHL could translate to the NHL in the near future so like I said in more recent episodes I said that the New Jersey Devils given how successful Utica has been throughout the entirety of the season they could be given a good amount of players to choose from whether it's preseason training camp wherever the case might be they're definitely going to have some options moving forward just to help them you know uh, shake up their uh, lineup just a bit because we've been seeing them bring up a couple of other guys from the Utica comments we saw them sent down Nico Dawes so that way Dawes can help with their uh, playoff run but ultimately I'm really looking forward to what the New Jersey Devils are going to bring to the table come training camp next year because they're going to have a whole lot of options so having read the article I decided to split it up into three parts because I found three key takeaways that 
I discovered while reading the article and I want to discuss it on my show and give you guys my overall background and opinion as to what the future looks like for the Devils in terms of the overall success that their AHL program is having. So once again, best of luck to Utica as they try to make a deep playoff run. Really looking forward to it and it definitely can just expedite the process of the Devils taking the next step in their overall rebuild and just trying to once again get back into the playoffs. But that's a long shot from now. But I love watching these young guys just running and gunning and just wheeling and dealing and just uh, hopefully it can help the Devils in the future and give them more options come training camp next season. So one of the takeaways I want to discuss is Nico Dawes having an unsuccessful tenure at the NHL that was stated in the article and I'm going to have to disagree with them in that regards. I don't think Nico Dawes had an unsuccessful tenure at the NHL. Now when you look at his numbers first glance, Yes, there was nothing impressive. So he appeared in 25 games. He had a record of 10, 11, and 1. He had a goals against average of 3.11 and a save percentage of 8.93. So at first glance, yes, you could say that Nico Dawes wasn't anything impressive. But at the same time, you just got to look at the backstory and you just got to look at the overall narrative. I don't think this season was unsuccessful for Nico Dawes. I just think he was put into a position that he really had no business of being in. And I've said it so many times in my more recent episodes, especially since we sent him back down to Utica. So uh, like I said, I read his numbers and yes, they were nothing all that impressive. But at the same time, he went from being a third string goalie to being our consistent starter because he, out of all the bunches of goalies that we had to choose from, he was obviously the best choice because it was either him, Akira Schmidt, or um, or Andrew Hammond as of late. And out of all those three goalies, which one are you going to take? You're going to take Nico Dawes. Yes, he made a few um, moves that just made you want to rip your hair out because it seemed like he was in the right position, but he just couldn't uh, align his blocker or his glove in the right position to make the save. But at the same time, he's still young. He's still trying to improve. And like I said, he was just put into a position that he had no business of being in. And obviously, that's a little uh, uncomfortable for someone his age and his caliber because you go from being in Utica and putting up some pretty solid production to now starting at the NHL consistently. And that's just taking a huge step forward because the NHL is obviously a whole different animal compared to the AHL. So I don't think this season was an unsuccessful one for Nico Dawes. I don't think it was a disappointing one. That's not the right adjectives that I would use to describe it. I just think that we put him into a position that he was just not comfortable in and it didn't allow him to develop in the right possible way because he went from, you know, being the third string goalie and just trying to learn from like Mackenzie Blackwood or Jonathan Bernier, whatever the case might be. You know, I know the roster was a little different at the beginning of the year because we did have Scott Wedgwood, but you guys get what I'm saying, which was he started off in Utica, then we had to bring him up because we were having goalie issues in terms of injuries. Mackenzie Blackwood got hurt. Uh, Jonathan Bernier got hurt. And basically we were in a huge situation that we couldn't seem to climb out of. And ultimately we had to put our faith in Nico Dawes. At first it was Akira Schmidt. That didn't work out. Uh, We tried putting our faith in Scott Wedgwood. That also didn't work out. And we ended up waving Scott Wedgwood. So ultimately it was just like, you know, Nico Dawes was obviously the best choice for the position, even if his numbers weren't anything impressive. But Moving forward, and I want this to be a positive aspect, Nico Dawes has been doing some amazing work for the Utica Comets. To go along with Akira Schmidt, I think both of them were just not ready for uh, the consistent amount of starts that they were given at the NHL level. And I believe just with time and development, they'll get there. And you know what? I can rely on Nico Dawes to maybe be our third string goalie come next year. I don't think he's ready to be the backup quite yet, but he's definitely heading in the right direction. There was a lot of positive aspects to look at Nico Dawes because quite honestly, 
I had more faith in Nico Dawes than I had with any other goalie that we had to choose from. And at one point, Nico Dawes was starting in like, what, nine or ten straight games at one point. So it goes to show you that the Devils organization also had a lot of trust in him. So I think that goes a long way. I don't think it was unsuccessful. I just think that he was in a position that he just wasn't really comfortable with. And once he develops in the right direction, once he gets the necessary amount of reps, and once he gets the appropriate amount of reps at the NHL because he'll get a lot of reps for Utica. But in terms of NHL, he shouldn't be starting all those games at once because obviously he's going to hit a wall and then uh, he's just going to be inconsistent uh, sometimes that we saw it when we were giving him all those starts. Now, Akira Schmidt, that's a whole different animal because he appeared in six games. He had a record of 0-4. and four. He had a goals against average of 4.83 and a save percentage of 8.33. So for Schmidt, he was flat out just not ready for the NHL at all. But yet, when you see his numbers for Utica, he was performing fairly well. And he's actually one of the reasons why uh, Utica is in the position that it's currently in. And so the tandem of Schmidt and Dawes is definitely successful in Utica right now, but it just doesn't translate to the NHL quite yet. But if we're comparing Dawes and Schmidt, Dawes is by far more NHL ready than Akira Schmidt. And that's just a fact. So Akira Schmidt still has a lot more work to do if he wants to see consistent PT at the NHL someday. But like I said, we put both of them into an uncomfortable position and I'm not really going to hold that accountable on their end. It's just like, you know, they really had no choice but to come up to the NHL and just try to help the New Jersey Devils and Obviously, that's not good for their development, but, you know, I think Schmidt, he had the disappointing uh, tenure for the New Jersey Devils. I think that's the right adjective to describe him, and he just flat out wasn't ready, but for Nico Dawes, I wouldn't say that. I've said it on the show. He's solid. He's reliable, and yes, he's inconsistent at times, but, you know, he's still young, and there's just a lot to learn from him. The one thing I just want him to do is just learn better positioning and also better rebound control. I think that's the main takeaway that uh, Nico Dawes needs to take into the offseason if he wants to be successful at the NHL level. So once again, Nico Dawes and Akira Schmid disappointing at the NHL level. I guess you can make that argument, especially for Schmid, but uh, I, I wouldn't use that adjective to describe their overall production. I just say they just weren't ready and that, you know, they were just thrusted into a role that was just uncomfortable for them. So once again, I'm looking forward to what both of these goalies could do in the future because given the the amount of production they put up for the Utica Comets, they just scream potential. And I just know one day they'll be solid goalies to go to. So once again, looking forward to their overall development. And they're one of the reasons why uh, the Utica Comets have had the successful season that they're having right now. But you know what? I think they need some energy uh, to get through the playoffs because the NHL has taken a lot out of them. So you know what they should take? They should take a Built Bar. So Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar so have you ever tried the puss if you haven't you're missing out one of built bars best tasting protein bars puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they're covered in 100 real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie so good these f- new flavors are going to be your favorite all built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate yes puffs included 100 real chocolate low calorie high protein replace your candy bars with these they are better a typical candy bar can be anywhere to two to three hundred calories go to built.com scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away high protein low calorie high fiber low carb most built bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein they have 
so many flavors to choose from. They have mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and they even have white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If you think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, and it'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they are a bit of, big about taste, excuse me. That makes it delicious, and they always find a way to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but somehow, some way, they find a way. So the offer is go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 50% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And now, the second live read comes from our friends at BetOnline.net. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Lockdown Bets for all your betting needs there as well okay so let's talk about probably one of our most highly anticipated prospects come next year and that is alexander holtz he has been tearing it up in utica this season he is one of the main factors as to why they're having the success that they're currently having and i fully anticipate for him to make the roster next year some of the highlights i've been seeing of him appear on twitter they're just insane because this season so far in 51 game appearances he has 50 total points he has 25 goals 25 assists, and according to Elite Prospects, he is projected to have 52 total points with 26 goals and 26 assists in 54 game appearances. So hopefully he's able to just head in the upward trajectory and just be that overall driving force I know he could be at the Devils organization. So here's what I'm anticipating from Alexander Holtz because we kind of saw Dawson Mercer drop off a little bit because Mercer got off to a pretty decent start. But ever since then, Dawson Mercer has just kind of fallen out of the Calder Memorial Trophy race. And, uh, you know, he just wasn't really what he was at the beginning of the year. And that's okay because, like I said about Nico Dawes and his overall situation, sometimes rookies hit a wall. But then who was able to just uh, get Dawson Mercer back on the right track? It was Jack Hughes. But then again, Dawson Mercer, I guess a lot of people are just saying he wasn't really what we anticipated for him to be this season because in 77 game appearances, he has 16 goals, 25 assists for a grand total of 41 points, and he has a plus minus of negative 18. And it goes back to that same statement that I said about Andreas Janssen. Sometimes you just forget that he's out there. And the same could be said for Dawson Mercer because Mercer is just wildly inconsistent because in his last five games, he has produced literally nothing. His plus minus is in the negatives. He has no goals, no assists, no points. And sometimes you just forget that he's out there. And uh, against Seattle Kraken, he he saw less than 10 minutes of ice time. So it, it goes to show you that Dawson Mercer, despite him getting off to that pretty decent start he has fallen off a little bit and I don't anticipate the same thing for Alexander Holtz the one thing I hope from Alexander Holtz and I hope he's just an example for all our young guys I just hope that he remains consistent because that was the main issue for Dawson Mercer this season which was sometimes he was good sometimes he just fell off sometimes he went silent sometimes he was able to make a great impact I think uh overall the reason why Dawson Mercer has fallen off a little bit and not uh you know having the same amount of uh, impact that he was having uh, a few weeks ago was just that Jack Hughes went down with his injury and obviously that kind of put a damper on things but 
going back to Alexander Holtz, I just hope in comparison to Mercer, Alexander Holtz is able to maintain some sort of consistency and isn't able to rely heavily on our main stars. Uh, if he is able to make it to the NHL roster next year, I think that uh, Lindy Ruff or whoever is in charge of the Devils come next year will put Alexander Holtz on the top six with Nico Heizer because I anticipate that Zaka might be dealt away during the course of this offseason. So that will open up a spot because one of the reasons why Alexander Holtz didn't make the roster at first was just because they didn't want to put him into a bad situation in which he doesn't get any reps and he's not going to see the puck as much and he's just not going to have a big role on special teams. And like I said, that was one of the reasons why he started off the season with Utica and that's one of the reasons why he's only had a cup of coffee at the NHL level just because he isn't able to, you know, um, have that same impact that he is having on Utica. But come next year, there'll be a couple spots open. And I think Alexander Holtz, it's a guarantee that he's going to get one of them, especially if Zaka is dealt away because that's going to open up a position at the winger. So I believe that Alexander Holtz, given the right amount of opportunities, given the big enough role, and maybe if he's able to just, you know, keep his uh, head on a swivel and just try to maintain that consistency throughout the entirety of the season, I think that Alexander Holtz can definitely do big things for New Jersey Devils, and he could be that sleeper player that no one is going to see coming because I really want Alexander Holtz to just take the league by storm and just jumpstart us into a new direction, if that makes sense. So I think that he is a sniper of a player. He's been tearing it up for Utica, and that certainly should not be overlooked. So hopefully Alexander Holtz is able to just translate what he's doing with the Utica Comets right now and translate it over into the NHL when he makes the roster next year because the main thing that I'm looking for Mercer is consistency next year and that's the overall factor that I'll look for Alexander Holtz next year as well which is consistency and you know Alexander Holtz will hit that rookie wall at some point during the season just hopefully it doesn't come at a crucial time so once again Alexander Holtz expecting big things they talked about it in all about the jersey.com just about his overall production what he's been doing for Utica and he's definitely been their MVP and I'm I'm excited to see what he could do for a Devils organization come next year So allaboutthejersey.com also talked about some players that could potentially make the roster next year for the Devils and how it might be a competition. So someone like Kevin Ball, they said, was, you know, doing solid work. It's nothing to write home about, but he's doing the necessary things to try to, you know, turn some heads in the Devils organization saying that maybe Kevin Ball does have potential to, you know, do some big things for New Jersey Devils. We saw this in the Vegas Golden Knights game when he was able to maintain the offensive zone pressure by keeping the puck on sides and just keeping the offensive attack alive for the Devils like when it would squirt out to the to the uh, point area. Kevin Ball was the one who made sure it did not go past the blue line, go into neutral zone. He was the one knocking it back deep into the offensive zone and it resulted in the Devils being able to score on one of those attempts. So that's one of the things I love from uh, Kevin Ball. We also saw last season he was sort of being like a suppressor. He was able to just knock pucks away. So Ultimately, Kevin Ball, like I said, not the, nothing that's going to you know get people all that excited, but it's enough to get people to turn their heads and just say maybe Kevin Ball does have potential in his upbringing and maybe he could make the roster next year if he's able to maintain what he's doing uh, at the end of this year because it's one of the reasons why Jonas Siegenthaler has become one of our most consistent and reliable defensemen is because Siegenthaler... You know, he, he does stuff that doesn't really uh, get you all that excited, but at the same time, you're able to acknowledge his overall presence a as being the big body 
for our blue line. He's a shot suppressor. He's able to help maintain our offensive zone pressure. But at the same time, and this is the thing I find most impressive, he doesn't slow down our offensive attack. But obviously, his bread and butter is just maintaining the uh, attack on the defensive side of things. So, uh, like I said, Kevin Ball... Similar to Jonas Siegenthaler, his production is not something that's going to get you all that excited and get you out of your seat, but it's enough to turn your head and just say, yeah, this kid does have something in him. And then for Nikita Ahotuk, it's just the same sort of uh, circumstance, which is he was able to get his first goal against the Buffalo Sabres. So hopefully that is able to get him going just a little bit. I told you what his overall production is like for the Utica Comets. Zetterlin, the same thing. He provides a big body on the offensive side of things because it seems like the Devils want to go, you know, just uh, big on the defensive side of things. But obviously you need that offensive pressure as well. Zetterlin was able to get his first career goal against the Arizona Coyotes. So that could definitely turn some heads and raises the question, who's going to make the roster next year for the Devils? Because, you know, uh, my, my buddy Jersey Joe said that when you're making your roster, you definitely got to put Jesper Boquist and Kevin Ball as guarantees for your roster next year. For Jesper Boquist, I would say so because Jesper Boquist is going on his FU tour. He's going on that revenge uh, around the world just trying to prove everybody wrong. He's proven me wrong. So I think Jesper Boquist is definitely someone who does make the roster next year. Kevin Ball, little iffy, especially if some other players are are also able to step up their game. So that's just the one question mark I have for Kevin Ball, which is like, yes, his production is pretty solid, but at the same time, it's nothing that has got me out of my seat so far. So Kevin Ball, I'm remaining a little conservative in that aspect, but definitely does have a lot of potential. And for Nikita Ahotuk, obviously he had a good first game, but let's see if he can maintain that consistency. So that was something uh, that AllAboutTheJersey.com also talked about in their articles that the Devils just have a lot of options to choose from in terms of just like, you know, come next year, come training camp, come the preseason. Maybe they'll have more options to try to round out their roster for opening night. So that's another thing that I just want you guys to get more excited for. Yes, this season has been very inconsistent. We've had lackluster goaltending. We've had players just go on ice cold streaks. We've had players go on to the COVID protocol. We've had just inconsistent style play throughout the entirety of the season. And, you know, that poor December really shot us in the foot in terms of just trying to make a legitimate run. But at the same time, you know, we just got uh, ran into a few of unforeseeable circumstances like Jack Hughes getting hurt early on in the season. Dougie Hamilton getting hurt uh, with his facial fracture come January and being sidelined for almost two months. So Mackenzie Blackwood, Jonathan Bernier also uh, suffering devastating injuries. So, you know, those are just some things you just cannot uh, predict. Those are some things you just cannot anticipate. So overall, yeah, this season was definitely disappointing for New Jersey Devils. But at the same time, guys, you know, they have a bright future and the Utica Common Success should definitely get you excited for next year because it's certainly getting me excited for next year. And uh, the Devils at the time's recording do have a game tomorrow against the Carolina Hurricanes. So let's see if they can pull away with the upset. But expectations are somewhat moderate. So let me know what you guys think about the overall development that our young guys are showing for the Utica Comets. Who are you most excited for? And also, I'm curious to know, who is your sleeper player in terms of who could make the roster next year? So obviously, you got Jesper Boquist. You got Kevin Ball. You maybe got... A whole took right now, Zetterlin, whatever the case might be. So I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts. Who's your guarantee to make the roster next year? And who is your sleeper pick to make the roster as well? So as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. Once again, they take on the Carolina Hurricanes at 12.30 p.m. So looking forward to that. And I will catch you guys in the next episode on Tuesday. Thanks for listening, everybody.